Thanks for tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue June. I am a tarot reader, teacher, and witch, and you can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. Thanks for tuning in. I am here with my personal friend and dear colleague, Gina Jean, who is an international tarot reader based in NYC. She's been reading cards for over 18 years, and her gift was passed down from her maternal and paternal grandmothers from the Caribbean. She's a natural empath, clairvoyant, energy healer, intuitive, and medium who uses the tarot as her tool. Welcome, Gina Jean. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, Blue. Yay. Yay. So Gina and I have, we quickly became friends at an event that, I mean, what was it, four years ago now, uh, where we were both reading for the masses, yes. quick speed readings, right? Yes. And you were doing crystal ball scrying actually i really wanted to i really wanted you to talk about that a little bit so scrying is pretty interesting it's uh it's a really old form of divination um i love tarot but i also have been um, experimenting with different types of tools and different types of um, modalities of divination and how to read such as um, crystal ball scrying crystal ball scrying um, definitely i love working with the actual crystal ball so Mm -hmm. like quartz crystal and I love the ones that have the little inclusions in them that have like the rainbows or the little like crevices. So you can really read into what symbols you see in the crystal ball. Um, crystal ball scrying just kind of like came up. I, I was always fascinated with like cool ways that readers did um, any type of divination like back in the day, like in the 40s and the 50s. And I always saw these cool images of women looking through the crystal ball. And I just thought that was so awesome and fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so So I um, started, I love crystals, so I have lots of crystals in my home, Mm -hmm. and I just kind of like started playing around with the crystal ball and just kind of going into deep trance meditation and deep meditation and and seeing what came out of the ball. Um, And that's kind of how crystal ball scrying came about. Um, It is one of, it's a very ancient form of divination. Um, I think it spans across a lot of different cultures, which I thought was also fascinating. And um, being an avid traveler, I have definitely um, met different people that have um, done tea leaf readings or fall, which is in Turkey when I went to Istanbul, which is like a form of um, reading the coffee grounds. So that was really fascinating. Um, I've never actually been to another crystal ball reader, but I have been to people (laughs) that have crystal balls on their altar or on their table when they're reading. Mm -hmm. Um, Decoration. Yeah, it's like a prop. (laughs) I actually have a plastic prop that I bring to events too so guilty (laughs) but it's it's interesting too because i i talk about this in the trailer episode uh and i i literally had you in mind to this day i still have never met anyone who can actually scry except you and so it's actually very rare and i know a lot of psychics (laughs) so it's actually a very rare form of divination to to find someone who can do it authentically um and you know, I wonder if maybe part of the reason why we, we, we became friends is because at this event, we were both doing 
technically we were doing both lithomancy. Correct. I wonder if that had anything. I never thought of it before right now. I'm a big gem person. Last year was the first year I went to the Tucson Gem Show. And just, you know, it just happened that family moved out to Tucson. So I'm like now officially rooted in the gem world. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing you did was pop out of giant rose quartz heart. Giant lavender rose quartz. Like, hello, which I actually did purchase in Tucson. Oh, nice. Well, thank you for sharing it with my oracle. Yeah, you guys are going to hear us talking in stupid voices a lot because we have fun together. (laughs) So... We're getting older. Uh, we're certainly not getting any younger. Correct. The youth spells are working, though, darling. They are. <laughs> Wonderful. You're looking gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. So basically, we were talking about responsibilities that we have to take. And I was really hoping that you could share some of your wisdom with us about taking responsibilities, taking accountability, you know, the transitions that are coming that are inevitable where our elders are getting to a place where they're no longer going to be the leaders. And what comes next? Um, I feel like I was really fortunate um, to be led on the path of uh, tarot. I was actually gifted a deck of tarot cards when I used to work at a modeling agency in the fashion industry in New York um, almost 20 years ago. And it was literally one of my coworkers that says, Gina, you're weird. I think you'll like this. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, thanks. I don't know whether to take it as a um, as an insult or not, but I took it as a <laughs> compliment and I said, thank you. And that was kind of the beginning of my journey. And from there, I just started studying and completely immersing myself in the tarot cards and, you know, finding books that my spirit called to that said, oh, wow, this, this is something that looks good. And um, in that journey, I said, help me find a community that I can connect to where my spirit will soar. And it, it, the tarot just kind of opened up this whole new world for me. Um, I was very fortunate to be connected with the tarot school in New York, um, which is, uh, consists of Ruth Ann and Wald Amberstone. They are definitely um, real, oh, wow, what did I say, like anchors in the tarot community in that they are very well knowledgeable about all of the tarot cards. They've been doing this for over 25 years. And it's just, they have just led me to mentors. I mean, to be able to be in a room with Mary Greer, to be able to be in a room with Rachel Pollack, um, and so many luminaries that have kind of paved the way. Uh, most recently, Benabel Wen is fantastic. She's the author of the Holistic Tarot. She's just one of these forces in the tarot world that are have been here, but it's like we need the platform to kind of connect with our community. So I was very fortunate to connect with the right people and put me down the right path. And I think that that's really important for um, people that are just getting started in tarot. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about what tarot is and, um, you know, whether it's just like spooky, like, Ooh, you're a witch, you know, that's, it's, (laughs) it's very easy for people to just say, Oh, you just divine something that you had no idea. And I only know about, and you just told me, and Oh my God, you're a witch. And I'm like, no, actually, you know, like that's not necessarily how things are, (laughs) but it's, it's 
Yeah, it's really interesting, um, the paths that are going down now. I think um, witchcraft and uh, witchcraft is definitely on the upsurge right now. Oh, yeah. In a huge way. Um, it's across all mediums, in media, in television, in art, in um, writing. But it, it has always been there, but now I think it's kind of taking front and center. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also very important to understand what witchcraft actually is, what the real fundamentals are versus what is um, healing or what is uh, divination. I think that there's a huge difference. There are witches that practice divination, but not all diviners are witches. Absolutely. Okay. Nailed it. And I think that that's really important. Making that distinction is, I feel like, basic. It's That's just like basic intro to witchcraft or intro to divination. And I talk about that, too, why the name is important to me, because I have the broom closet stuff, the mm-hmm. magic stuff over here. Correct. And then I have my, my tarot practice, right, the divination. So Mystic Witch is the title of the show, bringing them finally together, because mm-hmm. they're very separate. Absolutely. And, and I think that what you just said is really important, um, probably why I have them so separated, because they're not the one and the same at all. And that is, a, I think, people misunderstand. Absolutely. A lot. A lot. <laughs> you know, I get I get the churchgoers. I get the people that, oh, well, I was told that um, in my religion that I'm not allowed to get card readings and I'm not allowed to do this and it's, it's the work of the devil. And I was like, well, please show him to me because I've never met him. But if you're saying that I'm working with him, please let me know what he looks like because <laughs> I've never seen him. But yeah, um, so there's this, this huge misconceptions, huge fears. I think people are just scratching the surface in terms of um, becoming more open to it. But I also think that there is a responsibility and accountability that has to be um, honored in choosing this path or even playing with this path. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say the word playing because... My experience with a lot of the younger generation has been a little bit of experimentation. And I mean, who doesn't experiment? But I think it's very important to understand that in experimentation, it can actually have grave consequences to the platform or foundation that you lay down. Let's get really specific about some examples of what uh, what crossing that boundary is, you know, messing with something that you don't fully understand and what some of those consequences can actually be because they are dire sometimes. Let's let's tell like worst case scenarios. Absolutely. Let's, let's scare them straight, Gina. Absolutely. <laughs> so every October I work in Salem, Massachusetts mm, mm, mm. as a psychic reader. <laughs> <laughs> so I am part of this uh, Festival of the Dead, which I believe was actually... Um, the whole campaign was started by Lori Cabot, if I'm not mistaken, because she wanted to bring the uh, witchcraft and the whole theme of witchcraft to the town or back to the town of Salem. Um, it kind of took a little bit of a detour, and then she wanted to bring it back to the town of Salem. She is one of the she's the official witch of Salem, mm-hmm. and she's been around since the 70s. And um, she was actually honored, I believe, by um, Governor Dukakis as the official witch of Salem in um, New England. So Salem, Massachusetts has basically the um, birthplace of where the Salem witch trials 
happened. And to be honest, the truth is it actually happened in the neighboring town, which is in Danvers. So for those of you that didn't know, um, but there's this whole uh, story about how uh, witches or deemed witches were hung and stoned and um, basically tortured um, in back in the, is it 1692, I believe? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just this whole mass hysteria craze. And it's still to today, we're still learning about um, what hap- really happened in Salem. Um, I think a lot of the original artifacts are still kind of hidden or lost or put away and not really being um, exposed to the public. And there's this huge um, commercial side to witchcraft that is also present in Salem. So as a reader there, I kind of have to kind of be this judge or play both sides because most of the people that are coming to me for readings have never had a reading in their life. And they're being sold on this idea of come get a reading from a witch. Okay, Mm -hmm. so there is this idea of I'm going to come to Salem. There's something that is intriguing me about the city. And then there's others that are very well versed in what they're doing Um, on the borderline of suicide. Absolutely. I do tons of readings, especially mediumship that uh, borderline on. There's a lot of suicide in New England. Really? Absolutely. One hundred percent. Is that energetic, you think? Based on the, basically, like, what I'm getting at is, like, are they hiding things to the, to their own detriment? I believe, um, it doesn't mean that this is what is so. Um, I've heard a lot of stories in terms of the land being cursed Mm. by the Native Americans based on how uh, things have been utilized thus far. Um, in New England, there is a huge culture of uh, partying and alcohol and just letting your hair down. But then again, what American city doesn't have that? Right. <laughs> Any college town. Any college town, correct. <laughs> um, wow, my experience in Salem has been really varied. I have met really amazing people. I have met a lot of people that are... Um, seeking guidance that have no idea what they're doing. Um, I've met young kids that are um, doing paranormal investigation, but don't realize the consequences of a a ghost entity um, that is literally attached to you for almost life because you're placing yourself in situations where you're making yourself vulnerable to a negative entity literally attaching themselves to you. Mm -hmm. So that's one example. I know in the actual location where we, uh, the mall, which we uh, work out of, if I'm not mistaken, one part of it used to be um, attached to an insane asylum. Whoa. Okay. So there's real energies literally roaming around the city that you have to be careful not to be susceptible to just being there. So I feel it's a very interesting town. Um, What guided me to Salem in the first place was um, my spiritual journey told me that I needed kind of like a psychic boot camp. (laughs) That's so funny that you said that because that's what I've been calling that. Literally those words, but why am I surprised it's us? (laughs) So that was what brought me there. I was like, do I really need to read in Salem? And they were like, yes, it's your psychic boot camp. You're going to get kicked and knocked down. And there are, you know, about, I'd say about 70% of the inhabitants of the town 
um, either practice some sort of magic or are familiar with magic. And I don't know if those numbers are incorrect. I, there are a lot of regular common folk, but they do know that Salem has the history of, you know, the city of witchcraft or at least close to it. So you'll see all the t-shirts and and all of the little accoutrements and crystals, and there's tons of readers everywhere. Um, not all of them are reputable, <laughs> but hey, you know, it's part of it. <laughs> Everybody has their black cat. <laughs> a sea of cats. That's Ramana making a bunch of noise. Hi, Ramana. <laughs> he won't answer. He wants to be part of the podcast. Trust me. <laughs> He'll come back when he's ready. <laughs> so, um... We were talking about, you know, that one that one example of that one client who maybe wasn't necessarily in a dangerous predicament at that moment, but what are some other consequences for not being when we say taking responsibility, we're we're actually talking about educating yourself properly. Okay, so educating yourself properly. I've had many instances where Younger people have come to me and say, hey, I heard from this magical priest that I'm supposed to take this crystal egg and stick it up my nana. And he basically, I mean, let's just be real. He placed his semen all over it and had multiple women place it in their nana and to, in order to cleanse their energy. Okay, so that's just one example. That's so abusive. Correct. Now, this is not I'm necessarily horrified. horrifying. This is not even necessarily in Salem. This is from a magical perspective. I have had. Like I'm angry. I'm like shaking right now. I'm angry. That's so abusive. Correct. And it was not just with one person. So I had these girls that would come to me and just say, I don't know what to do. I had another girl that told me that this man proposed to her but then she would always feel darkness around her and made her get married to him in a red dress and these are the things that if you're not knowledgeable about where the person is coming from where their intentions are I'm getting I get a lot of instances with male female dynamics um, issues of power versus issues of submission um, I mean, we could talk hours about that in magic because when we think about it and when we look at it, um, why is it that we do magic in the first place? What is it that we're trying to get out of it? Some people do magic circles to get what they want. Some people do money magic to feel more powerful or feel like they're a master or they're able to. It's like once the magic works, it's like, oh, my God, I am a form of a god. <laughs> and you are not. <laughs> Definitely a lot of ego complex. A lot of ego complex. There's also a lot of um, blurred lines between uh hard drugs, magic, divination, um, using altered substances to kind of aid you in seeing, you know? So we have to look at these things. These these are all relevant. Um, Shamanic journeying. Uh, Ayahuasca is something that should be dealt with very delicately Mm. because it could actually lead someone to like mental insanity. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of things in spiritual practices can easily take you down that path. Easily. And it's serious. It's real. It's 
easily. Mm -hmm. The moon is extremely powerful. The moon is connected to feminine energy. We always look at the moon as like mother moon. That's how I look at her as Celine, as Luna. But when you look at the word Luna, even in Latin terms, it's the root word of lunacy. So when you're looking at lunacy, what is that? In the olden days, it was like, oh, just someone that was crazy based on the different times of the moon. Or if you like contribute like a hundred percent of your life to that. I mean, there's so much art background history about female hysteria. And oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, how she's gone mad. Isn't there a connection between, uh, hysteria and the hymen, the, the word, the meaning of the word, right? H Y. Yeah. Latin roots. Absolutely. Uh, being a woman is super fun. Absolutely. You have the books back in the day, how to be a good woman, how to be a good wife, how to be a good cook, how to be a good provider. Mm -hmm. But the men, they provide in one way, the women provide in one way. Now there is a huge disconnect where everyone is doing their own path, their own thing. So yes, they have more money because now it's two individual units that are being, that are like physical taxpayers. Yes, the women are not making as much money, but they've also put us on this agenda that we are to be this independent woman where we succeed and we get to high up in the chain. And then these women are still coming to me for love readings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're still fiending and they need the love. Mm -hmm. Love is a huge, important aspect. And it's, it's just... It's a huge subject. It's huge. Yeah, it's definitely the first question. Uh, the the most asked question is in always tarot. Like, yeah, <laughs> when will I find my soulmate? Yeah, when am I going to get married? When am I going to be? Am I on the right path? Have I met the right person? When am I going to be able to let go of my divorced husband? When will he stop? You know, driving me crazy. How can I be a good mother to my children as a single mother? As a single mother, it's even harder yeah. than, in a, than being in a unit. And I really feel that that's being challenged now as well. Yeah, that's true. And that affects the youth because the youth are being, you know, kind of given an ultimatum on which energy to choose, masculine or feminine. That's a really interesting point because – you know, the gender of that is not the issue. It's not really that it can't, it's energy. It cannot be gendered. What we're talking about when we say masculine is that inner strength, that virility, that tenacity, the audaciousness to go get stuff, to go do and take action. The, the ones. Yeah. The emperor card. The Aries, the Aries of it all. And the feminine energy is the nurturing, the, you know, life bringer, like the creation, the creativity. And I would say like, I know for me, for a fact, I, I carry masculine energy. I always have more, way more masculine than feminine. I'm learning slowly, <laughs> getting softer in my older age. I'm slowly, though, learning how to breathe life into things, how to nurture. And that's something I've had to learn. And I am not, I'm so not even there yet. You know, it's, that's, that's going to be a lifelong thing for me. And I think it's interesting, too, what you were saying about the unit. And what you said about community for yourself and how you benefited from it. And how can we help these kids find that? 
Because really, I feel like that's where they're going to learn this responsibility, this accountability. Well, number one is um, understanding who they are. I think getting grounded is Mm. huge. Um, Understanding your relationship to the universe and the world that we live in. Understanding the basic fundamentals of um, money and security and home um, versus... Uh, leisure and having a good time and how to achieve a balance within muggle world and Mm -hmm. spiritual world. (laughs) We really need a better word for it or do we? Because it works really well. I feel like (laughs) when I heard that in Harry Potter, I was like, that makes so much sense. We have been needing that word for probably centuries. (laughs) Muggles. Okay. (laughs) I I, th- I do think that, like, community and elders, my personal thing is if I'm going to be teaching a class or a series of classes, I need to be taking a series of classes so that there's always balance in my life because with all of this, you know, there's never such thing as a master, really. There's no such thing. Never. We are a student for a constant student of life forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to spiritual practices. So I would say any elder that claims to be something of that, like get, get away, run their life, (laughs) run the other way. I mean, there are, um, there are the luminaries of the tarot. Um, if we're talking about tarot cards, um, and I can just throw out a few names, but there are also up up and coming rising stars that are amazing as well. You have your, um, Michelle Jackson, she does the uh, throwing of the bones. She's amazing. I met Ooh, her in California. Amazing. Um, we have your Louisa Tesh. She wrote Jambalaya. Um, uh, so she's amazing. Uh, we also have, I I have a personal fondness for Rachel Pollock just because I think she is such a badass. Excuse my French. <laughs> um, not to mention she was really good friends with one of my favorite artists, Nikki Decefal, back in the day, who um, has an entire tarot garden in the south of Italy. If you ever get a chance to go, it's one of the most magical places I've ever visited in my life. And it is on a mountain and literally the tarot cards are all life-sized and larger statues that you can enter. Ooh. Yeah, you can enter the Empress through her breast. You can... Mind blown. Mind blown. (laughs) The Emperor's quarters has like mirrors all around and just the pictures are just outstanding. The tower... Her boyfriend, Jean Tingley from Switzerland, who is a famous artist, created the workings of the inner tower. So the tower will open up, but it will like creak and all of the like metal work will go as it opened up. It's just incredible. It's an incredible place. So um, she actually gave me some inspiration and was like, yeah, I've definitely been there. And even just hearing like, Someone that has written numerous books on the tarot, and um, she has the, uh, I forgot the name of her deck. It's like, I'm getting a brain freeze right now, but she's amazing. So she's one of my favorites. Um, And yeah, just from a spiritual, artistic, creative perspective, she wrote 78 Degrees of Wisdom, which is like one of the cornerstones. This book is so integral to beginning any tarot practice. Yeah. 
you know, I also think that maybe some people like that may be inaccessible to these young people. But what is important is that they also will know when they've found someone who's right for them. They will feel it. Like, it will manifest. It's The intuition will manifest itself physically. When you're working on your um, grounding and your body and the earth element of yourself, you're working on all aspects of yourself. So that can be um, yoga or Ayurvedic practice where you're putting the right foods in your body. I think that that's mm. really important as well. Um, taking care of yourself, exercise, well-being. Um, you're going to feel it. Yes, if you're stuffing yourself with McDonald's and Burger King every day, it will probably be very hard <laughs> to be on the right wavelength um, in terms of your intuition and your gut. You'll probably be feeling, your body will probably be telling you that there's a whole lot more going on. But if you start to work on being in integrity with your body, and that starts at home, that starts in mm. um, your you sanctuary. Know, absolutely. Creating your sanctuary. Um, making sure that you're not around very toxic people all the time, balancing your time, um, how much time are you giving to work versus how much time you're giving to your own desires or your own creative um, pursuits that you really want to do. Um, I find a lot of kids that I meet, um, they just want to do music. But is music going to put food on the table, darling? Yeah. Okay? You can sit in front of a recorder for 24 hours, but unless it's actually manifesting something with the earth element, then I find it very hard for me to say that is what you're supposed to be doing. Now, I do not discount college. I do not discount school. I think it's very important. It's not for everyone. Mm. College is not for everyone. There are some people that are just naturally gifted, they know what they want, they know who they are, and they pursue it, and they get to the highest level in that aspect. And for those people, I applaud them. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is on that path, and you cannot ride everyone's coattail either. Right. You have to have your own vision, your own path, what it is that you want. But be very careful in claiming mastery of any subject or of claiming Godlike status mm. with any magic or any work that you do. Right. Yeah. Um, it really does come a lot down to ego death and asking a lot of questions with humility and truly humbling yourself in front of this practice that is bigger than you, bigger than me. It's all of us connected, really. So it's the whole thing. It's it is everything. It's the it's whole network. thing. It's, it's the it's the web. It's the, it's Ooh, what the it's, web. It's the web. It's <laughs> what links me to you and links you to the other person. Maybe we'll have a conversation, and then that will inspire or you know kind of illuminate something that you remember from a conversation that you had with someone else. And it's it's all through language and conversation um how to stay connected and grounded meditation is awesome meditation is amazing even just taking five minutes out of your time for people that can't meditate there are so many apps out there right now that can help you meditate Mm -hmm. there's meditation apps there's aura there's um yeah there's so many that literally can help you you can just go on youtube and type in Meditation for stress and anxiety, Mm -hmm. (laughs) meditation to relax, meditation to relieve a headache. I would say that's one of the few things that you can easily access 
on the internet about spiritual practice that is never going to hurt you. Absolutely. Uh, but there are a lot of things online. You know, and this is why I think another reason why um, having an elder, having a mentor is so crucial uh, because there's so much in- misinformation on the internet. So much misinformation on the internet. So many people that are claiming that you need to do this, this, and this. I personally like to work with um, really, really old books. You know, like I have um, one of my favorite books is uh, Moon Signs by Sybil Leake. Mm. You know, the tried and true classic. Tried and true, honey. <laughs> she, the things that she has in that book, I mean, still to today resonate very clearly. Um, I love old books about herbs. Um, you know, the, the fundamentals. I love books about crystals. I find books about crystals all the time, but, and I'm not talking about the, the Bibles, the tarot Bible, um, the crystal Bible, the tarot. I'm not Mm. talking about the Bibles. You know, I'm, I'm talking about like, I'll read a book by Melody on crystals (laughs) more than a book by someone who is kind of like a, yeah, the word is escaping me, but someone who's like, oh, my God, they know everything about the crystal. No, I, I like to work on the energy of the crystal, you yeah. know, but also taking accountability. I mean, there's people that are doing um, uh, root work, and we all know um, when you are collecting dirt from the earth, you are supposed to leave some type of offering and say to the earth, I am taking this to use this for good. Mm. I am now putting this as payment towards what I'm taking. Honoring the land spirits. Honoring the land spirits, honoring the ancestors. Earth. The earth, hello. Honoring the earth. Are you, are you a witch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thinking about things in that depth, in that, in that taking responsibility to that level is honestly the basics, right? <laughs> it is the basics. So when people are mining and excavating and blowing up sides of mountains to find crystals. Right. Yep. And that's real too. Yeah. Uh, there's, it, it's actually, that's a really interesting point because it's really difficult to find out if your stones are ethically sourced. Correct. In fact, most of the time the shops that carry them, even the owners don't know. Correct. Really. Correct. So we have to take responsibility, and I have a segment coming up actually about the dark side of crystals, basically, and taking responsibility, honoring the land, honoring the earth. Hello, crystals are earth. And energy. lowering your expectations a little bit without, uh, you know, putting in some of the effort. Hello. <laughs> There's got to be some balance here, some reciprocity between you and your stones. Uh, we're having said that I am going to, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to wrap it up talking a little bit about more about spirituality. Um, and then we're, we're going to talk about some of the things that you have coming up that people can find you at. Sure. All right. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Mystic Witch. Uh, We're here with Gina Jean, and we've been talking about newcomers to the practice. Um, Whether you consider yourself a witch or just a spiritual person, um, someone who is interested in divination, uh, any of this applies. Um, And, you know, I just want to say really quickly, like, everyone has to start somewhere and definitely not in the camp of, like, wanting to be elitist. I hate that. Um, I We have no business putting up walls. Um, this is here for everyone. It's been here since the dawn of time for every human being. Uh, you know, there are some limitations, but um, I just wanted to say that, you know, welcome to spirituality. Welcome. What else do you have to share? Wow. Well, um, (laughs) let's see. If I had one thing I would say to the youth that are just beginning in this practice, it's find your tribe. Finding your tribe, finding people that like the same things that you do, uh, are on the same wavelength as you, but be careful um, who you're connecting with and making sure that they um, kind of feed you what you need. Mm. I think that um, a lot of the youth today um, are finding their true voice in who they are, and a lot of that comes down to family. Um, I'm finding that a lot of uh, the youth that are just starting out are very scared because they were told, oh, this is bad. Oh, you are not to do this. Oh, you are working with the devil. Or, oh, you... um, Don't know what you're getting yourself into because our family went through really bad times. It's important to understand and know where you came from. And you also need to connect with your ancestors, connect with your grandmothers, great-grandmothers, talk to them. They are your eyes and ears, and they can give you so much more than someone on, I don't know, a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. Yep. They are the ones that are teaching you. You might not realize that there maybe there's a way they're teaching you how to cook spaghetti sauce that is a magical practice. Hello, you're working with herbs. You're working with vegetables. You're working with the earth. Correct. Hi. <laughs> know where your family comes from. Um, I know some people are adopted. That's fine. Do your research on where you were adopted from, what country you're from. Visit those countries unload what it is that you are running from. A lot of people are like born, uh, not necessarily born in the U.S., but their families come from a lot of different places. I encourage them to learn about their roots. There's nothing like setting foot on the soil of where your ancestors came from. Understanding that connection, learning about that connection. Maybe there are some um, fears or Um, you know, yeah, fears that that people have within that culture. Maybe you can transform it since you are in the U.S. or you're in another country. Like, how can you combine what you have in terms of your your root, your actual foundation, like where you're, you know, when you look at a tree, like where the roots are coming from. Is it well watered? Is it well oiled? Is it running like a good working machine? Or maybe you have a history of alcoholics. That's fine. But as long as you know about it, you know what to avoid. You know what to be careful of. Mm. You know not to go down that path because it's a place of vulnerability and you're coming from a place of understanding but also knowledge. Mm. 
I find that a lot of people are trying to say, oh, I like that religion or I heard that this religion is like more powerful. I just want to do that. Okay, well, what are your roots? Maybe you're going to connect to that spirit differently because you had a great ancestor that was cursed by some Native American (laughs) spirit. And now you're wondering why you always get a pain in your chest every time you try to practice or play with dark magic. Ooh, ta-da. Really good point. You know, Tyler is going to be experiencing it differently from Marnie, who maybe has a family history on the mother's side that has always been working with the earth or always been working with herbs, or maybe she has Italian um, ancestry where her great-great-great-great-great-grandmother put this huge prayer of protection and blanket over her whole family where nothing will affect them because they knew what was coming. Mm. She's going to be a lot more grounded than you are, but you have to understand that. And you have to understand where your roots are if you don't have an understanding of masculine and feminine root. Even if you don't like them, at least know about them. <laughs> yeah, agree. Even if you don't like them. There are some ancestors you, you cannot stand. <laughs> but guess what? They're all part of your learning process. They're all part of who, what makes you, like how your DNA is made up. I think that there's a huge surge going on right now with Ancestry.com where everybody's trying to find out where they're coming from or where their DNA comes from. I was going to bring that up actually, 23andMe also. Um, Yeah. And I actually like, I can relate to this because uh, as a white person in 2019 in America, there are a million different backgrounds. A million. (laughs) I know of three of mine, but I know there are lots of European descents and probably a lot of other stuff going on too uh because people have been around for a long time come on we like to fuck so <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying just so, saying so you know it, it's it's not shocking to me and i feel like it's a good thing that people are exploring this i really do i think it's necessary and i 100% agree like even if you don't talk to your family you should definitely be asking these questions. You should definitely be looking into your roots. Um, you know, how do you know how to take care of the plant if you don't know what's going on under the soil? Correct. Correct. So um, in ancestry, and also not to be ashamed of where you come from either. I yeah. think that there's a lot of shame connected to um, from an emotional standpoint when you're working with the heart chakra and um, heart energy. There's a lot of shame and guilt. Yeah. A lot of emotional guilt connected to things that have happened. Uh, 100%. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> there could have been rape. Mm. I mean, and the, and I'm just talking from, I'm just speaking from um, the conversations that I've had uh, along the way on this tarot, mystical, spiritual journey. Um, we, especially when someone sits in front of me, I kind of look at it as a mirror, you know, like, what is it that I'm to learn from this person sitting in front of me so that I can not only improve my path and what it is that I've set out to do for humanity as a whole, but also how I can be in integrity with who I am, the work that I'm doing, and not have it necessarily just be about me. (laughs) 
I appreciate that so deeply because I've gained so much in our friendship over the years feeling like there have been, I've just learned so much because of having you in my life and to hear that you're actually going after it this for the same, in the same way I am. Like, I just feel like that's really cute. (laughs) And I appreciate that very much. Um, yeah. I've learned a, gr- a great deal. And I love the mirror analogy as well. I love mirrors. We love mirrors and magic, honey. Mirror magic. <laughs> mirror, mirror. On the wall. Yeah. We, I mean, we could do a whole segment on Disney and magic. We're, we're, that's for the next episode. That's for honey. the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and being on the episode today. I'm so grateful to have had you on. Is there anything, any events you have coming up that you want to tell people about? Um, where can they find you? How can they book you? You can definitely email me. Um, my email is Gina, G-I-N-A, J-E-A-N at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send me a little text message at 347-414-9904. Um, projects coming up. You can find me um, in April. I will be working at the Reader Studio, which is an annual conference for tarot card readers, and Thursday at Divination Day. I also can be found in the city reading at Employees Only on Mondays and Thursday nights. But if you'd like to book me privately, yeah, send me an email, shoot me an email, or um, text me at 347-414-9904. Just tell me that you were referred by the Mystic Witch, and I will gladly reply. And yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this has been so wonderful. Thank you again so, so, so much for coming. You're very welcome.